On this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, we discuss Jordan Spieth being properly back. Some strange going on with the pace of play laws in the LPGA. We obviously preview the Masters and who's going to win. And Tim's got a little, what would they be doing if they weren't a golfer game? As ever, this show is brought to you by me, Ben Fowlis. Me, Tim Williams. And myself, Chris Wright. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome along to another episode of A Slice of Golf. And our slot in the UK golf is well and truly back, or at least that has been for one of us in the group. Um, the other two of us are still waiting to get back out on the course, but uh, I can only speak for myself, but there's been a lot of practice going on, a lot of crap, but there's been a lot of practice going on. Someone who did step out on the course this week, Mr. Timothy Williams. Let's get straight to it, big guy, because I've been looking forward to this one. Um, how did it go? What happened? Where did you play? Go. So first things first, it was so good to be out and just playing. Uh, we played Gatton Manor on Saturday afternoon. Uh, great weather. Um, slightly chilly, but it was about sort of 10, 11 degrees, sun out. So good day for golf. Um, so just, And I thought in advance, you know what, whatever, whatever happens today, it's just the fact you're going to be out with some with some mates playing golf, just the best thing in the world. Um, we won't worry too much about the score because there's literally nothing to talk about. It was funky. There was some funky stuff going on. Just recap: we said last time, first yeah. time out. What score would you be kind of happy with? Your answer was 28 points, if I remember rightly. So are yeah, you? You didn't get that or even close to that? I did not get that. Okay, fine. I did not get that. And did we break um, 20? Sorry? Did we break 20? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break 20, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I, I think it, it, it rapidly turned into an elongated practice session, if I'm honest, the whole <laughs> round. Um, because two, two, two things became very apparent yeah, pretty pretty early on. Was first ones first. I just need more practice before I go back to being where I was before yeah. <laughs> before lockdown happened. And the second thing is really importantly, don't try and embed new swing thoughts and new things into your game <laughs> during lockdown without actually hitting balls. Really, yeah. really important. Yeah. Um, As in, talk me through this. Were you like in your living room just grinding out like? different swing thought patterns just pretty much pretty much because so uh i've I've done a bit of a rory and i've been trying to get more speed into my swing which um which basically (laughs) meant that i can't so the pod that we had a few weeks ago we had it with steve furlonger if you've not listened by the way go check it out brilliant brilliant podcast some really good stuff in there and one of the things in that was really trying to transition and start moving your leg your hips forward kind of even before the backswing starts and almost turning like feeling like you're turning your swing into a bit of a top, like a top spin forehand in tennis. Yeah. All those things I've been trying to bed in. And what was the other thing? Oh, also trying to get a bit more in into out with my swing. All those things I've been sort of practicing, dummying, just trying to get those motions dialed in. <laughs> and basically what they've materialized as is that I I just flat out hook my irons when I do that. Oh god. And um as you two will know, hitting a hook with a driver is not something that you would associate with me normally. If anything, it's the other, it's the opposite. Giant slice. Correct. So, um, 
yeah, However, that, 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 to throw a slightly positive spin on this, yeah, I always feel like if I'm hit, hooks are ju- like are just as demoralizing as slices, no doubt about it. However, a hook feels more like you've done more of the right things. Oh, you'd rather like when I hit a slice, I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going with this now. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah, you'd rather you'd rather hear hook. Um, yeah, I think that's because it it comes back to you know what's the the one what's the bad shot you have when you first start? It's always a big hideous slice, isn't it? Whereas if you get it moving from right to left, I think I, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. So generally speaking, Gatton Manor not a forgiving course off the tees <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Right, um, there's, no, right. there's never a hole. Apart, okay, so one you do have, but no, it's not recoverable. There's not like a, two holes next to each other very often, is there? So you can't no. like balloon one over the trees and just go recover it. <laughs> it's a, I mean, on reflection, it's probably not the best course to play as your first round back because it really does demand accuracy. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, there was there was a, a healthy number of times I was three off the tee and you just can't score well. You can't score well when you do that. Um, aside from that, you know what? Um, irons are pretty good. Uh, putting was good, managed, uh, chipped in, so that, that was lovely. Um, nice. good. So there's some stuff that's working. So you know what I've I've looked at that as okay. First round back is what it is. Didn't get annoyed, kind of enjoyed it. You know, you laugh laugh at the bad shots. What it did do was give me a good um, idea of okay, his. So that's what's kind of going on with your swing at the moment. Um, go away. You know how to fix it. Just concentrate on the next couple of range sessions on fixing it. So I went to the range on. Monday and looked at a few things to to work on and yeah seems to be going much better so uh, I'm actually approaching this Friday's round still in actually yeah pretty good spirits um all things considered um so yeah no it was a it was a good day out we won't talk about the scoring but a good learning experience it's good to jealousy. be back on the course I can imagine great to be back yeah jealousy levels were exceptionally high uh, we we kind of knew things weren't going too great when if you if you're listening to this we we have an Instagram account and uh, for our group which you should definitely follow as well it was on the Frey Ventos wasn't it the the stories uh, yeah, I don't know what so, yeah normally like <laughs> normally when a group of us go out there'll be like a lot of videos for the day lots of videos especially if there's some average golf going because we like to capture the crap shots the awkward shots. The video stopped after six little snippets, and I thought, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this means it's going one way for everybody and one way badly." How did everyone else play? Were they equally atrocious? Uh, so I was a three ball. Um, there was one player who was kind of similar to me. He scored a bit better than me, but between the two of us, we were pretty similar. And um, yeah, just another another member who just um, really struggled. Tough. Tough day on the links. <laughs> I think that's all. That's all. I'm. I'm not going to go into. Tough day. Tough day. Tough day. Yeah. Some. Some sums up the lack of uh, social media interaction for the day. We'll let you off. No. Glad. Glad to be back out, Mr. Wright. What's What's been going on in the golfing uh, golfing world this past week? Have we We haven't done a pod since we went to the range, have we? No, we haven't. No. No. So do we, do we yeah. want to talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. So um, after Ben's 34 range sessions prior, he then invited me to come to the range with him. Uh, we, <laughs> I've had one. He's, chat, he's chatting absolute waffle. I don't want. Uh, we, yeah, it was honestly, it was 
it was great to see another human being outside and that was just it was yeah, it was lovely so it was good to see you ben not behind a computer screen for once and uh the first two shots went about as well as they could expect i think the first one i popped about 12 yards <laughs> was on ben was filming second one I can't, it, was, it wasn't as bad but still a rubbish shot uh, and then eventually kind of got a bit of a golf swing back and we decided to play a lovely i don't think we quite made 18 holes because ben beat me by a huge margin we played 18 holes at st andrews on the old course on the uh the virtual golf is that what we call it top tracer which by the way is excellent uh we just we had a beach and just each played the course Ben, I think, was five up at the turn, which was a bad start. Ben, although put, putting this into perspective, what was you were on like seven under your handicap at the yeah. turn or something, weren't you? You, you, were, yeah. you were, I was, was trying to strike at the ball quite well. It was it was seven under, which again you kind of start rubbing your eyes when you start seeing that on the screen. Like this is broken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, we know that wouldn't happen in real life. So, yeah. uh, but there were some. I, what all I'm going to say is Ben hit some. By the way, Tim, I hate to say it, but Ben hits the ball. He's hitting the ball a fucking long way, like really long way, um, which shows that his speed training is probably working. However, when it goes wrong, I mean, it, it, it goes really fucking wrong. Like it goes so far right, like you just. Uh, and luckily, St Andrews is apparently very open, according to Virtual Golf. Uh, and also, when you land in what can only be described as thick bushes and trees, apparently that doesn't affect you on virtual golf because Ben was just hitting six iron out and onto the green and loving life. So, question that the uh, the play on the St Andrews is just playing to the bushes. Uh, but other than that, yeah, he he, uh, he deserved to win for sure. Not not discounting that. Uh, but no, very enjoyable. Really enjoyed that. It got me. I was the same team. I was hooks like off the uh with the driver but i'm no, pleased to be out pleased to be swinging a golf club and looking forward to it definitely i didn't snap in half as i thought i would uh, <laughs> i didn't ache too much or anything like that so yeah i'm i also am a bit panicking though because i had a rain session booked in for tomorrow which i now am, am unable to do uh and i don't quite know how or where i'm going to sneak in another rain session before friday morning oh crikey so I'm, I, I'm panicking slightly yeah i'm i'm nervous for sure okay but we are by the way for do we mention it the three of us are playing on friday uh where are we playing selsden park so we're playing selsden park now we mentioned at the top about uh instagram stories i think it's probably fair to say that we will we will be sharing stuff on this slice of golf yeah. uh instagram channel on yeah. friday so if you want to follow us along just sign up to the page give us a follow we'll be putting it all on stories we'll document the round as we go around warts and all Is very it, much warts and all there will be all the bad stuff so don't worry we, we do it's not a case of we're just showing the good stuff in fact there's probably going to be more of the bad stuff than good stuff we put up we probably won't show the good shots in, all <laughs> in fact when we're when you're in a tricky situation and someone just flushes a shot exactly where it's supposed to go we often delete that video because we're like yeah. we don't want to say that because that's bad content that's poor content it is literally so the, the instagram handle is a slice of golf yeah so come along and follow us and um yeah follow along on friday morning uh give us some banter message us let us know as we're going around we'll we'll tune in and read it as well so 
It won't coincide with the Masters, don't worry. It's a 10.40-40 off time, so you can watch our averageness live and then you yeah. can watch how proper golfers play when that's <laughs> yeah. two o'clock on Friday. <laughs> I, I'm excited. I can't. I literally can't remember Selsden Park. I can remember the first tee shot, and then apart from that, um, I cannot remember it, so I'm looking forward to getting out on a course I haven't played in a long time. I quite like it. There's a lot of variety. Uh, it's a good mm. challenge. Um, so, yeah, and particularly after three months off, I'm hoping it's, it's going to be in good nick. So, yeah. We, I'm, I'm, God, I can't wait to get back out on the golf course. So uh, I've had, since the last podcast, I've had three range sessions. So that takes me up to a total of four. Um, so feeling pretty good, although I did move into my new flat. So I'm finally back adulting again and not living life like a teenager. Uh, no, moved up to London. Sorry. Not living life like a teenager, except for the fact of those four range sessions, how many can you remember and why? <laughs> Well, this this is where it was going. It was uh, so I moved in on Sunday, and as you know, lovely weather, and sat out on the balcony as it was a custom. We were like, "Oh, we'll have a couple of beers, we'll celebrate." Those couple of beers very quickly ended up in being a uh, a two a.m. PGA Tour two K twenty one session, <laughs> and we we I got a knock on my door. It must have been ten o'clock Monday. Um, so for those of you listening abroad, it was a bank holiday here. So it was a public holiday. So I wasn't supposed to be at work. Um, yeah, we celebrated a little bit too hard. Um, <laughs> I, I, we were at the driving range. I don't remember a whole lot. And <laughs> I uh, was well, hard to sleep. Were you a danger to anybody else there is my first question. Well, no. In actual fact, uh, it, it, I think it didn't go too badly. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I just it was one of those literally nothing gained but nothing lost from it because i I can't really remember it a whole lot Uh, hit a few golf balls came home and and pretty much went straight back to bed that was that was about how it went for for both of us so we saw we had uh at north greenwich you kind of you have a bay for an hour and you get 120 balls so we were like we'll go for two hours we'll have 240 balls we probably left 100 balls because both of us were like Let's just call it there and go back to bed. We both felt awful. So yeah, that's that's where we left it and where we're Amazing. heading into. I've got a round in the diary on Thursday and on Friday. So Where are you playing Thursday? Big, wide open field, the home of golf, Chelswood Lakes. Um, oh. So just to get the iron, a nice little a gentle opener. Um, and then and then the big one on Friday. So preparation for me has been, been pretty good. So I'm going to say no excuses Friday, but you know, we'll see. I'm going to have literally all the excuses for friday so i'm yeah yeah so come check us out on friday like tim said check us out on the on the instagram you'll see uh you know some action let's put it that way white chaps talking about some action there was a lot going on um on both the female side and the male side uh in the golfing world um well let's 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 address the the female side of the game because it was their first major of the year the ana inspiration uh first of all there was one very big thing missing from this year's tournament. Did either of you two spot it? Oh, you dropped this cryptic clue to me earlier. Oh, are you I talking think... about the, the backboard? The massive oh. great big blue backboard, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking about this way too deep. Are yeah. <laughs> talking about a player? Are we talking about something no. else? Like, yeah, you're talking about no, it's, 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 quite, it's quite a big thing that was missing, and I think mm. it's uh, a firm acceptance that the LPGA really did cock that one up. <laughs> we'll I get there, there for one day. Listen to everyone. Got rid of it. They listened the to what they listened to our moan about it last time. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's probably what it is. Board on an island. What is it? <laughs> island green. Like, just... yeah. 
just uh i mean i don't know how much of you you boys watched it. I, I have to admit didn't watch a ton just because you know as you can imagine moving weekend there was a lot going on in my in my life this weekend i didn't watch a whole lot of golf but um i'm probably gonna balls up her name but patty tavata can no tavata nakit got it it's a good effort my apologies well done. Um, this effort. is gonna be a consistent theme with 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 where we go tonight but she won on 18 under okay excellent score by the way the golf mm. course as well sensational took the win by two um so yeah those those numbers kind of come into it a little bit later on also continuing on a great season for the quarters i don't know whether you both saw nelly quarter came third um really you know great goal from from, from them too and i think uh, jess came down i think she was 30th around that position as well so again both made the cut both played really really well um did you see much of it no, I, I did not watch very any any golf this weekend, men or women. Yeah, no. With it being Easter weekend, um, it was pretty packed uh, in terms of just trying to not be in front of the TV. Basically, um, again, if you're listening abroad, we've had sort of there was a, a stage two, if you like, of um, restrictions being eased uh, in England and in large parts of the UK. So it was an opportunity for us to kind of get out of the house. Um, so no. <laughs> A huge amount, I'm afraid. Cool. No, um, I'll tell you what women's golf I did watch a bit of last week. The women's amateur at Augusta. I did not. Which, I which when, when I saw that it was at Augusta National, I was like, hold the phone. The women get an, an amateur event there, yeah. which already blew my mind a little bit. But they don't get a professional event there. Oh yeah, I, it has to. It has to be paving the way. Surely, surely that has to. Be I mean, I'm, I'm about to unleash a bit of a tirade on the LPGA for something else, but I could quite easily go into them on this as well. I don't think it's the LPGA's fault. I think, I yeah, think yeah, yeah, this time. Uh, yeah, fair. Yeah, okay, fair point. Fair point. And I think Augusta doesn't have the greatest track record no, for no. prehistoric rules. So, where I was really going with that was so this is amateurs. So, there was loads of like college. So, we're talking, I don't know, like 18 to 24 year olds. There was some outstanding golf. I was watching it just going, you're hitting the ball so far. Just exactly where you want it to make and i was like you're not a pro you are college level making this making this game look not easy but just clearly having a wonderful time on the golf course i think they played a couple of different courses i don't think it was just at augusta um but i was just like it was a really really good it was actually really fun to watch and it was just like okay this is these are the next generation of female stars coming through and it was yeah it was good worth watching the highlights for sure mm-hmm. I'm assuming Augusta was looking perfect as well in time for uh, the Masters. Talking um, kind of about, about golf, we'll bring it a little bit closer to home, first of all, before we, we go back to, to kind of what Tim touched upon. But announcement over the last few days that the Rose Ladies series is going to return for 2021, which is great. So oh, great. Just, awesome. just, just, just Rose and his wife uh, in the past year because of the, the pandemic, the Ladies European Tour saw a massive decrease in in tournaments for those who didn't know um so they let lay on a bunch of one day one day events so this year they've actually increased it to 11 events which is cool and increased the prize money as well so it's clearly you know it probably started off as like a, a you know just doing a good thing for the game and in actual fact sponsors have gone yeah we want a piece of this let's let's, let's get behind it so i think that's great it's great from justin great from great from his wife and, 
and good for for the ladies game right now digging back into what tim started on now this is something i just saw was scrolling through instagram and it just made me me stop because of the the headline i thought no that hold on that that can't be right because i thought that was brutal um so lpga tour player uh, she's a rookie Yalimi No was fined $10,000, $10,000 for slow play, um, which is going back to the week prior to, to the major. Um, Timbo, I'll let you introduce a little bit more from there. <laughs> so um, it's fair to say this has had me quite angry um, yeah. for the last week, and that, that's, that's put it mildly. And um, I, I apologise to Ben and Chris because I've kind of been just inundating them with angry, outraged messages for the past week. But yeah, you're absolutely right. So yeah, let me know, um, find $10,000 for slow play at the recent Kia Open. Um, now, as you mentioned, she's 19 years old and uh, she received the first warning last year uh, for, for slow play. Uh, this is her second warning. So for the, the event in question, so she made the cut and she finished uh, tied for 61st place. Um, so she earned $4,247 for that place. So if you're doing quick maths, that means that for her efforts that weekend where she made the cuts, that means she finished on negative $5,750. Not including travel, entry fees, yeah. accommodation, etc. Yep. Yeah. So out of the twenty percent or whatever. So as I mentioned, she's nineteen years old. This is she's she's this this was her twenty seventh event in three years. So she's clearly still completely paving her way. And the reason it was so so, the first fine that she got for slow play last year was for two and a half thousand pounds dollars. Sorry. Now because she received a secondary fine less than twelve months later, the fine was doubled so the figure was um was a cumulative figure and then doubled which is where you get up to the ten thousand uh dollar fine and this got me furious for two reasons as mentioned she's widely seen as a super promising young rookie um now so far in 2021 she's played three events she's made the cut in every one of them her earnings for the year to date not as Chris says, this doesn't this doesn't factor in anything else at all. This is purely from the events. Um, Fifteen thousand seven hundred dollars. Okay, so you take that fine that she's got. That is a sixty four percent reduction in her earnings for the year. How yeah. how we, is it justifiable? We are now in the fourth month of the year, and she has basically earned. What she has, I, you know, how, how I, I don't get it. How, sorry, Tim. how did, how did the LPGA justify doing that to a young player that's trying to make their way in the game and sleep at night? We know, and we'll come on to talk about this, that slow play. Yeah, fine. It has to be eradicated from the game, but you do, you don't do it by wiping out 64% of a player's earnings for a year. And that is are you- unacceptable. Oh, I'm a hundred percent on your side here, Jimbo. I might, and you might be going to come on to this. Are we going to talk about the men's fines? That's or? exactly where I'm going now. Okay, fine. Because this, this is what this is what blew my mind. The second reason 
I get so angry is because I looked at the I looked at the penalty rules in the men's game at the same time because I was wondering, oh, you know, I'm, okay, I'm I'm getting angry about this, but maybe maybe the situation is exactly the same in the men's game, and I don't know, maybe I was being optimistic when I thought that. Um, so basically, in the men's game, excessive shot times, which is which is basically the penalty that um, No was hit with. So it's ten thousand dollars for a first offence, and it's twenty thousand dollars for a second offence. So it is, you know, it is more, but. Let's do a side-by-side -side comparison. So as mentioned, no finish 61st in uh, in the Kia Classic. Um, if we look at a, com a broadly comparable event on the men's tour, let's let's take the Genesis Open. Same sort of, you know, both in California. Um, Keegan Bradley finished 61st in that event this year. He took home $21,000. So even if he'd been hit with the maximum fine, that the PGA hit their players, he would still go home at the end of that weekend having made money. So if the fines were comparable to the earnings and yeah. proportionate, I, maybe I wouldn't have a leg to stand on, but they simply aren't. No. The, the penalties they're imposing do not match up to what they are earning on the tour. So again, how did the LPGA justify it? It's just made me super cross over the last week because it just <laughs> blows my mind. And it's also like, I mean, I haven't seen the incident, so I can't say how long she took, whether it was a repeat offence due to multiple actions during the round. But we've all watched golf recently where we've gone, this is a bit slow. You know, a lot of what was going on with social media for the WGC match play was just, I don't want to say abuse, but people pissed off that the game, the matches were so slow. I mean, example, I think it was in the semis. They were just about to take uh, their approach shots onto the green. And I remember the commentator saying, so far to this point, a group of two with no one else on the course. It's taken them yeah. four hours to play. And you're like, oh, hold on. When I, when I read that the other day, how slow was she playing? Mm -hmm. Or do, do we actually are know different rules for the guys? Yeah. I don't, actually, I don't actually, actually, I, don't, I almost don't even want to know the answer because that's not the discussion here. Slow play, not allowed. We all agree with that. What we're talking about here is the level of punishment for yeah. it, and it just not—it doesn't make any sense. Like, how can them? Yeah, I—I I don't understand how you can reduce her earnings by seventy percent or whatever it was for the year. Twenty grand for most of the men in that in that top hundred, maybe not hundred. I don't know. So I don't know. I mean, really, it's going to be nothing. Like it's just not a it's not a punishment that makes to knock off some, like sixty. What do you say, Tim? Sixty five percent of someone's percent for the year. That's I I I kind of get the point of view of you see it happen to someone once and no one will ever do it again. She they've made they've done a good job of making a real kind of using her as a you know teach everybody a lesson here but then, but then if that's the case you don't do it to a rookie who's 19 years old no i just i just i just i, I don't think i don't think you can't you you can do it to someone who's a, a season pro, like i just it's the the bit that really annoys me is the men to women yeah and it's, the, yes, the double no, standards there are mental i just cannot i cannot fathom how you can you can't have comparable punishments it's like it's like they got in a room and they went 10 grand for so play. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Great. And just everyone just went, yeah, sounds good. No questions were asked. No one talked about anything. Just someone went, yeah, just sign that off. That would be good. That would be good for everybody. Like there was just no thought. I don't, I don't know. It, I can't. Well, I, 
for someone who is a rookie, someone who is that young, we are, you know, I don't can't say I know her background. That could literally be the difference between her being a professional still and not. Because if that means that she can't afford to make it to the next tournament or to a certain number of tournaments to keep her card for the following year, that's how nuts it is. Ten grand, ten grand to someone like Dustin Johnson's Dustin Johnson, needle in a haystack. Not an issue. I'm gonna live with you. This is a great metaphor for golf in general. (laughs) Honestly, I think you think golf generally is getting better, but has a really bad rep for welcoming new people to the game, right? And I just think this is, it's a great metaphor for what exactly it's like. Yeah, you're new. You're like, let's punish you. Let's, you know, let's make sure that you don't enjoy the game and you don't get involved in the game for for a, for a long time. I just, yeah, it's just bonkers. And also, yeah. you're kind of talking double standards. I mean, I, I, again, it, it relates back to, look, I don't really know the full story. So we don't know the, 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 the ins and outs of how long she actually took. But if she'd have gone on to win the tournament, would they have still penalised her? Or would that have been bad PR to have the winner of the tournament being slapped with a fine? Again, this is hypotheticals, but we've watched golf tournaments where people have spoken about how long Bryson takes to take a shot. But because because he's a big name, they're not going to slap him with a fine. I wonder if that's comparable. I I just have to ask, I've I've not even heard of anyone in the men's leagues being given a fine. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it must have happened, but I can't think of a time it has. I mean, it kind of goes back to um, Spieth at the Open, right? In was it 15 or 16 when he twenty four minutes in between yeah. his first and second shot. But again, um, because it's high profile, because it was because he was top of the table, you know, top of the leaderboard, ready to go on and win the tournament. I wonder whether it was no. We're not. We're gonna. We're gonna uh, swerve that one because that's bad PR for the. And and you know what? You know, I've I've not done. You know, I've I've had a good look at this, but I've, I've by no means done a exhaustive study on who's been fined, who hasn't, the, the men's game, women's game. You know what? If if we're if we've gone too far down a rabbit hole on this, and we've and we're sensationalizing this, and it's not the case, and we're getting the wrong end of the stick. Please let us know. Like, yeah. I'm willing to. I'm willing to be educated, but all I'm seeing is the facts I've I've looked at and I've researched, and it just makes me feel super uncomfortable. But you know, what? I'll be optimistic. Hopefully, it's not as bad as I'm making out. If it's not, get in touch. Let us know um, because I'd love to be proved wrong and to to, to hear that we've got, got the wrong end of the stick on this. But unfortunately, my sense is telling me that I, we probably do have the right. Of, the right end of the stick on this one but um if that's not the case let us know or just let us know your feelings yeah, just get- I, I, I wonder whether if it, i wonder if it happens quite a bit on the pj tour we just don't hear about it because comparative to their Maybe. actual salary and tournament yeah. earnings it's, yeah. it's it's a snip and again i think that then brings in another question and again we've kind of pretty much touched upon it but like why you know why so much you know the, mm. <laughs> she's not even covered the cost of her being in the tournament it's just yeah, do, a, do a percentage of earnings if you're going to do money as a fine like or something like don't do oh yeah it's real. Well, surely you just make it you make it proportionate to the purse of the event surely uh, yeah uh, it so has to be a percentage right it has to be a percentage yeah yeah right and again we we could go on all day but addressing it because i it got me thinking you know, a big focus point for 2021 was to try and speed up play. 
you know, and even going back a year. That's why it was encouraged that the, the, the flag was, was to be left in to encourage, uh, particularly amateurs, to try and speed up play. But do we think the game has changed at all because of the implementation of, of, of things to speed up play? I, I, I can't remember watching a tournament thinking, cool, yeah, they're playing really quick outside of the players you'd expect to play fast. Certainly not, not on the pros, no. Um, I think, sorry, Chris, I kind of interrupted, but I feel like we might possibly yeah. have to do the same thing. I think on the amateur game, I, I, if anything, it has got faster rather than slower. And I think that may be just because of the num- the sheer volume of people on golf courses right now in that you do, you do get a bit of a hurry up and you can't take, you know, 10 minutes in the rough looking for a ball. You've probably got a four ball behind you. Um, but certainly on the pros, no, I don't get any sense that a the game is speeding up or that anything that yeah. enough is being done to stop so slow play. I, I would agree with that. Anything to add, Chris? No, the, the game is, if anything, in my even in my opinion, getting slower. It might just be that I'm only seeing more and more really annoying American coverage of the game, and they're not actually showing players' shots. And I did say last week of the um, match play, I was like, was it just because we were looking at four players out on the course where normally we've got 70? But when you say, yeah, they were taking four hours and they only got to wherever it was, I'm like, yeah, that's for triple less. That's <laughs> wildly unacceptable, isn't it? You just, yeah, how does it even, how does it get to that point? Yeah. And I started thinking about, okay, what would be simple fixes to get them to speed up? And in theory, there's a shot clock. I don't know who manages this shot clock, whether it is an actual clock or whether it's just a, uh, we, we put it in the, the rules and we'll, we'll somewhat, we'll, we'll throw that at them if we feel like they're taking a long time. But I can't help but think actually having a clock and letting players know you are, you've addressed your ball, you've found your ball, you've stood over your ball, you have three minutes to take your shot. I cannot help but think that would speed players along. It- uh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if you're hinting at this or if you just uh, haven't seen it. You know this is an actual tournament, right? What you're describing. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, 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 called, it it's called the Shot Clock Masters, right? And it's mm-hmm. only happened a few times, I think. And I don't think it happened last year because of COVID. It's in Austria, I think. And every player, there is literally a shot clock on a buggy that follows the group round. And... You have this, by the way, this is the solution. This is a hundred percent the solution. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually think this is a, an excellent, an excellent format. Literally every group has a big giant shot clock that goes, that follows them around. Every player has 40 seconds to hit their shot. Apart from the <laughs> first player has, oh, wow. has an extra 10 seconds. So get to the ball. Player number one has one minute or 50 seconds, whatever. As soon as he's hit, player two has 40 seconds from that point to take their shot. So theoretically, you will get up. You've all got, you know, X amount of time to... You've still got long enough to go six iron, great, perfect. Um, And it reduced... Here, I've got it here. It reduced the average playing time from on tour from four hours, 47 minutes to four hours, 13 so we're t- knocking off, you know, a good a good chunk of time here, like per group. What is that? That's like half an hour. Yeah, or half so. an hour. Um, 
a little bit more from just having the shot clock, which shows you that how quickly they can play. In year two, the actual average score dropped as well, i.e. the scores got better, but obviously there's a lot of things that could be a factor of that. Um, and what were the other stats from this? Uh, Billy Horshaw loved the idea, by the way. He he was very vocal about that. He, I don't think he played it, but he was very vocal about enjoying that. And I think, uh, for me, I have no issue with that. Zero, like... I have, you know, 40 seconds when you were watching it, it, there was one player, I can't remember what the punishment was. I think it was what, I think it was a penalty shot. If you went over your time, I think it was a one penalty shot every time. So if you broke it one, or it might even been two, can't remember. Well, there there you go. That, that, you know, that there has to be a somewhat of a shot clock in golf at the moment for the lady we've just spoken about, for her to get fined, there has to be, have had some form of shop clock, so some way to measure that she'd been playing slow. And I don't know why it's not implemented. Can I just say, so you, I can't remember how many, but each player got a set number of timeouts. So if they were in a particular tricky, like, thing, they could say, hey, can I have a timeout? And they got an extension to their... I just wonder whether that would start getting too gimmicky, though. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's why I, I think, instead of 40 seconds, have it at, Two or three minutes. The, the two other things that I have. Who needs three minutes to figure out what club they're going to hit? If you, mate, watch the pros. If you've got no, like no, one no, of those, no. remember the like the player cam you used to be able to get on Sky Sports. If you were to watch one player, the mm. amount of faffing that well, they is, do. Is what I mean. you, you want to inc- you want to reduce the time they spend on the course, right? You want to increase you want to increase yeah. the speed. So put it sure, maybe not. Re- for, honestly, once you get forty seconds, I was a bit like. There was one player that like <laughs> zero. And you're like hit it, hit it. Is it hit zero? But I think yeah, sure, make it a minute. Yeah, but and give the first player a bit of extra time to once they got to their ball. Sure, but I think that I hundred I would have no issue with that. And then, it's, and then it's actually enforcing it as well. It's yeah, actually it's a right. Don't, shot, don't, actually, don't bottle it. Don't just say we've got an X shot yeah. clock, but we're we're a bit loose for those rules. I mean, I I suspect that. In any in any walk of golf, whether you're a pro, whether you're an amateur, deep down, you know when you're taking longer than you should, right? To find a ball, take your shot. You know deep down. Now, if we were having this conversation, I don't know, 18 months ago, 24 months ago, we might think, oh, you know, there's 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 a few problems with getting a shot clock on. Between we know, right, that whether it be through the Amazon deal that's happened with the PGA whereby every single player is now filmed in their entirety and followed by coverage in their entirety oh no everyone is hanging on they're like oh my god Tim's going to make a really good point and the internet has oh my word Ben, oh, I'm not joking. For everyone listening, everyone listening, before before the show, Tim said to me, he was like, just to let you know, at 34 minutes past the hour, every two hours, my laptop goes into a meltdown mode. It is 9:34. So it could be a few minutes until Tim's back. So that, there, there were there were two other bits that. Um, that I had, that I wrote down, that I was like, look, they could immediately speed up the pace of play. And think how often we, it, it pans to a player and you've got his caddy or her caddy walking, pacing it back from a bunker or pacing it forward from a sprinkler head. Just give everyone a rangefinder. 
Well, they, have, they are, aren't they? That, they're I actually don't know, in the... on a European tour, but it's not confirmed. I don't think it's confirmed PGA. I'm just like, just bring it in. Like, oh, it's, it was. We, we don't really benefit that much from it. It just it gives you the distance, which ultimately is what the caddy's doing walking back from something. And you've just saved at least 30 seconds there. And then the other one, as, as Tim comes back in, I'll let him. I'll finish off with my bit and I'll let him build up. Um, and the final one, it's kind of stuff they've been talking about recently, is remove the green books. Because when you watch players, they open up, they look at the green book, then they look around the green, they get their line up and then they go, right, I'm just going to have one more look at the green book. Yeah. And then they they, they they set to go. So the, those, those would be, yeah, my three. I, I 100% agree. I, I, I would 100% put a shot clock on everyone. Like an actual, I, I, I can understand your, your worry about it being a bit gimmicky. But I, I genuinely think it would improve the game. Every, I really, every, every match has a referee right at the top top level. There's sure. no there's no reason why they can't just have a discrete clock on them, a discrete oh. stop. You don't even need to have a big clock that pops up on the TV. Just something. No, that, I like I like the have a countdown clock. Right, I, I want to see them get to get to zero seconds and get their one. I don't want to be. I don't want any risk of being like that. Felt like more than forty seconds. Are you going to find him his shot and then? You know, because there's too much. I don't know. That for me is too dodgy. Have a big clock. Have a big clock. Soon as the break gets through there, two shot penalty or whatever it is, great, done. Brilliant. Your rate finders, yeah, hundred percent. I've seen them talking about bringing those in um, on the tour. Agreed. Bring those in. Just give them, allow them to get the actual yardage from where they are. They're spending it long enough working out anyway. And we've spoken about green reading books, and we we know um. Just get rid. You're supposed to be able to look at a green and read it. That's part of the skill of being a pro golfer. Just do that. Get rid of the the green books for sure. Chris loves a big clock. Good work, pal. Tim Williams. So, firstly, my apologies. Um, <laughs> Captain Wi-Fi cuts out again. Nine thirty-four. Nine thirty-four. Told you. Um, so, where where I was going with it is so with the um, for those of you that know the Amazon the Amazon deal that's been struck with the PGA in the states. Um, very quickly wrap this up because I don't know how much you guys talk about. But the deal the Amazon have with VJ is that every player is now followed completely, exclusively by um, one stream of coverage. So every single player, every action is now recorded. Quite simply put, I don't think you necessarily need to follow them around with a big clock because I'd actually rather, I would rather put the emphasis on the player themselves self-regulating themselves. So where I came back to saying was, you know, I think as a player, when you're, let's be honest, taking the piss a little bit with how with your pace of play and how long you're taking. But so I think what you do, you have the usual graphics on screen that you have around your player, number of shots, position in the field, whether the leader or not. You then have sh- time in between shots, sponsored by Rolex or whoever. Lovely bit of additional funding for the PGA, bit of extra sponsorship. Job yeah, done. Um, but what you do is you don't you don't necessarily follow follow them around with a big clock because you kind of you put the emphasis on them and also their caddy because oh, let's not forget it's also the role of the caddy to be advising them on the plays of their players not just on the um, player themselves. Now, the reason I like this is because firstly, um, any uh, exploitation or slow play is completely documented. It's there. It's on the stream. You can see it for yourself. Um, the second bit is it puts the emphasis on the player to speed up. So they actually feel compelled to do it themselves. Now, if you get to the end of a day's play and you find that they have, um, gone over that, I think over that time limit, let's say twice, I think it's twice. Then I think you're in the position of saying, right. Um, maybe after you do it 
on one occasion you get a warning then the second time you do it you're then talking about um a two-stroke penalty let's say third so, time you do it you're then on to penalty you're then on to actual financial penalties so that's However, where I'm, but that's where i like these stroke penalties because that yeah. in itself is going yeah. to be a financial penalty and that's what yeah. i had a problem with with the lpga situation yeah. because yeah. i'm like if you were to you know relegate her two places because of adding on another stroke for slow play well then you know she's still not going to be negative you know money for the week and i think that just makes more sense because naturally you know we all know that the money system it, it, it you're rewarded for the for the way you play so shots makes much more sense because two shots in the men's game between yeah. say 10th position and let's maybe 15th position could be huge that we're talking well remember what i said it was a couple of weeks ago at the players westwood's putts difference of 700,000 yeah unbelievable right one stroke one stroke and that that it, that essentially solves your it being a, a proportion a percentage Tim, as well so i think yeah. the shots make sense i i just honestly i think if you go down the route of self policing you've got Bryson, who comes up with, yeah, but I walk quicker between my shots than everybody else. Well, no, there's, there's no, there. you just have no mitigating factors. It is the time is the time. There is no mitigating. It's the same for everybody. You so can't have so Everyone, so what you're saying, so make sure I understand, everyone has a set time. Correct. But they, but it's not visible to them on a big giant shot clock. Correct. They just have to wear a stopwatch and, you know. put it, Well, look, the, cad, the caddy can time it. So you're why saying, Put a time so you get to the ball, you've actually got a time. We can yeah. see it on the Rolex yeah. advertising on our uh, TV screens. Yep. But it's not, it's not. Your caddy, should, your caddy should see it. If they've, if they've, like I said, if we were to give everyone a range finder, where, where is there ever an excuse? There's not, an, there's now not an excuse, you know, because you, you take out the question of yardages and everyone, well, we all know our stock yardages for clubs. You can imagine what the pros are like because the you caddies do, go, that right, that's 170. Bang, here you go, hit that. You do also get the added quirk of um, Chris that no, the players don't, the players themselves won't have visibility of the shot clock, but we will as the viewers. <laughs> yeah, but I just think I, I'm, I'm thinking of pros having. Patrick Reed, <laughs> he's going to be he's going to be it's pushing those boundaries, buddy. Well, my watch, my watch says I've only been twenty eight seconds, and you're telling me I've been a minute and a half. You just have the official timekeeper. Job done. So just have a giant shot clock. <laughs> <laughs> you just want massive, yeah. But then you're talking about how many playing groups have you got, and how many buggies do you need with clocks on? But, I mean. Mate, it's PJ Tour. There you go. We've got plenty yeah, cash lying around. It's not just chance for Rolex or whoever to get some marketing in. They're not going to pay for it, are they? It's going to be sponsorship money. Exactly. Right, chaps, we'll end up going on all night. Yeah. There was a tournament that went on in the great state of Texas, and a Texan boy went on a bloody one, didn't he? Jordan yeah, he did. is back in the winner's circle, chaps. Um, now, I don't know. It's, it seems many moons ago because I did mention it then. Um, to take note of some numbers on the female win. Uh, Jordan Spieth won by two strokes and also shot 18 under par over the course of the week. Um, again, useless trivia, but I thought it was quite interesting. Here's an interesting stat for you. Putting stats. 72 holes of golf, 44 one putts, 
zero three putts. Good wow. Lord, Jordan Spieth is back in town because he was quite wow. errant off the tee as well. I remember watch, watching wow. it. God, he's, he's, hitting some, he's hitting some balls out, out into the rough now, there. I'm really pleased I've put my team for this week for the Masters. It just, again, so I only watched Thursday, Friday, did miss Saturday, Sunday because of the move. Um, but it just looked like vintage Spieth of just, hmm, off the tee, bit questionable. And all of a sudden he's whacking out of the rough over a tree and putting it to within 10 feet. And then he drains the putt, birdie. He's one of the few players that you, when you watch him do that, you're like, only he can do that. And I feel like it's, it's a good sign heading into the Masters. A couple, couple of times on commentary, the, the commentators did say a lot of the players quite like going to San Antonio because it's a really testing course and it plays similar, somewhat similar to Augusta. So... Again, if you've not picked your DraftKings team yet, Jordan Spieth might not be a bad shout. Um, because everybody else is picking him, so... <laughs> yeah, yes, including us three. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. DraftKings episode, go check it out. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, he beat Charlie Hoffman by two. Uh, again, just Charlie Hoffman just seems to go on and on and on. Doesn't win a whole lot, but just, just seems to be there and thereabouts, doesn't he? Uh, another one that caught my eyes, you know, he was... In, final group so no surprises but Matt Wallace came a third four strokes off the lead great sign heading into the Masters um, yeah I know he's he's been playing a lot more golf out in the States how much are the, the uh, Valero Texas Open to be watched Timbo again um, I saw I saw a decent amount for the first day and a half then my fantasy <laughs> golf uh, team was rapidly going awry from me so um, I'm going to be <laughs> Very, very honest and declare that I was slightly toys out the pram and didn't watch much more of it there on. Um, but I enjoy your stat very much because you go back to Spieth when he was beginning to dominate the game sort of four years ago. His entire game is built on putting. Um, I think once that putter gets dialed in, you know he's, you know he's, going to be there or thereabouts and exactly like you say he, he can tend to be wayward off the tee but when the putter is on fire and the short game is on fire that was the hallmark of when he was beginning to dominate at that time so you're kind of almost you've got that kind of full circle um element to it so i think it's great i think it's a great story it's great to have him back and winning again he's had he's obviously super well liked on tour because it's been so it's been as absolute sort of um wave of people on tour who've been sort of putting notes out on social and congratulating him which is great so um you know we've been wanting it to happen for a good well a good few months i would say so it's great that um we knew he'd win again so it's great to have him back i think there's a, a thing if he started putting a few tournaments together and you're like yeah he's playing well he just needs that little bit more he, but he, he always just, he know. always looked like he was still thinking about some stuff in his backswing. And I think the last couple of tournaments I've watched him and it looks like he's enjoying his golf again and not overthinking it. And that's where I may be completely off the mark here, but that's where I kind of feel like Rory's been at the past few weeks. He kind of just, every swing I kill, kind of feel like he's looking at it thinking. Rory's, Rory's had a coach now, hasn't he? So Rory is definitely everything about a change of coach. But no, like Spieth, where the last few months, I think you've, what we saw this weekend was he he learned how to win, not learn, but he got the, the, the mojo back. He got the confidence back to win on a Sunday. 
I think if you look at all his previous tournaments, I think a lot in the last couple of months, it's been like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, decent, decent golf. And then Sunday, just not quite like the old killer speed. Mm. And I think that was the difference this weekend. I think, I mean, what better way to go into the Masters? Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, I, I really don't think he's the type of, well, maybe it's not the kind of tournament you go and go boozy for the, the last win. You kind of go, right, I've got my win. Let's go into the Masters and I'll celebrate that win later on. Yeah. So I don't think he's, he's not, where was it? Where was it that Hatton won? And then just obviously it was <laughs> yeah. the next week. It was Abu Dhabi or somewhere, wasn't it? I just thought, I, I yeah. I also don't suspect Spieth is a big one for the overseller. Decent. Twice in one night. <laughs> Twice in one night. Timbo's gone again. This Twice is more But we he's COVID. We need to get somewhere we can record in person. Tim's back. He looks like he's back. I mean, how much stock he put in it, but he did come out afterwards and say he never doubted that he would be back, that he sort of, he always knew it would come again. Now, obviously you could be, cynical about it and say well of course he's going to say that they're always going to say that but i mean rory I think speed... rory's here. i don't know where my game's at got no idea <laughs> yeah true true Roy, i don't care don't care if i win another major yeah. um but I, I kind of generally believe speed when he says it i think he has got that kind of sense about him that it will be this will come back it may take longer than i thought it would but it will come back so i feel you know, you could, you could go too far into hyperbole on this, but, you know, it's, it's a good sign that, you know, at any level of the game, you can go off the boil for a period of time. It's a game you can, you can work at, you can come back. So I think that's great. I, this, I mean, this might be a bit out there, but I feel like Ricky Fowler can take a leaf from Spieth's book. Yes. I feel like clearly both of them have gone through periods where they're trying to work on something so much so that they're, detracting away from what was actually a strength putting stat that came up at the weekend strokes game putt in 2016 i think it was ricky fowler number one on tour i don't know whether you two saw it do what not. do you think he is 2021 i reckon oh. he's in the hundred yeah i think i think it was 179th yeah doesn't surprise you know, me the guy is probably striking the ball very similar probably hitting the ball off the tee very very similar again i'm, I'm kind of throwing this out there don't make your strength a weakness by focusing on so much, you know, in another area. And I think that's, that's possibly what Steve's done. They probably sat down and gone, look, you're a brilliant putter. Let's get your putting back to where it was. Mm. Look at this weekend, as we just said, 44 one putts, which is ridiculous. Zero three putts. Then I kind of feel like if, if Ricky gets to the stage where he's like that, he's clearly a good enough golfer to get the ball from T to green. Um, final little bit on the Valero Texas open. Uh, Sad to see, but also it was quite amusing to see. Did you see Phil Mickelson's 10 on uh, 18? I did not know. There are some real Sunday league shots in there, let me tell you. Crikey. Yeah. yeah. Well worth checking out. But with all that, still (laughs) one-putted. Yeah. 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 Just uh, an incredible putt. Yeah. So fair play. I mean, admittedly, it took you nine shots to get there, but <laughs> there was some great questionable shots in the mix as well. Yeah, that I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see on Friday. I'm not going to lie. I think I hit one of them on Saturday. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> the, 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 the tip I definitely mimicked on Saturday. 
yeah, that was that was what surprised me. He got up around the green, he wedged one straight. I think he what did he wedge wedge one into the water and then had another go and then tried to flop shot and it went. He basically just completely missed the ball, didn't he? Yeah, he whipped. He basically, I think. Yeah, well, he, he went underneath the ball. Ball just went bang straight back down. No. The ball. Yeah, he was pretty close. Okay, I'm going to Google this immediately. It's gone on the yeah. PGA Tour. Uh, I believe it's on the PGA Tour Instagram. Right, gentlemen, moving swiftly on. There's a little tournament coming up this week. It's being held in Augusta, Georgia. I mean, it is the star-studded lineup, including someone who none of us thought he would be there because he had an operation on his knee only three weeks ago. But, and I quote, Brooks Kepka uh, has registered to play. Here's the quote. If I knew I was going to finish second, I wouldn't have shown up. I feel I can win. I'll play. I'll play. I'll be all right. That is probably the most Brooks Kepka thing I think I've ever heard. Um, yes, I'm going to win. I may have no knee, but we're good. I'm still here to beat all of you lot. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, this is a very old dated reference, so apologies, but it's, it's kind of like the the uh, the knight from Monty Python that's like fighting someone, gets like both his legs cut off and then gets an arm cut off and is like, I'll still, I'll still have you. I'll still have uh, that's, that's pretty much what Brooke's saying. He's basically playing this week on one leg. I, again, Jim, you've aged you and myself there because I can guarantee Ben has no freaking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> and I reckon, I don't know, maybe our audience will be split on that. Big question of the day. Do you know any of the Monty Python references? Because if you do, you can join me and Tim. If you don't, you're with Ben. Can't say I've ever seen an episode. Sorry, boys. And I know that will shock a few people. Yeah, sorry. Um, right, boys, before we get on to our picks and to see how terrible or great our golf uh, predictions are going to be for the week ahead, uh, have you seen the footage of Bryson hoofing it on the range, giving it absolutely <laughs> yeah. V Yeah. just standing there chuckling along. <laughs> talking, about, talking about slow play, he's just uh, hammering. You know how we're told, like, on the driving range, be sensible with your practice. Don't take time between your shots. I reckon there's 12 seconds between each of his drives that he hits at however fast he's hitting them. Just hammering throw me a ball straight down throw me a ball straight down smashing it and you're it's it's something that i mean me and my golf were were talking about it and i got it from them a couple of years ago and they said right you have a quick speed with your driver just swing it about 80 percent. you'll be surprised at how quick that is get that in the middle of the fairway there's no 80 percent there that is 100 percent every time to the max um you know love it or hate it i'm interested to see how it pans out this time went terribly last time um, so it'd be it, to see. I can't. Did it go terribly because it was wayward? Because Augusta's one of those courses that you can hit a bit wayward and and be okay. Not like uh, yeah, his so wayward was just like put him in trouble. Oh, um, yeah. And I think there are spots where you can go wayward, but I think it's 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 you know it's what we spoke about on the um on the DraftKings pod is where you said about Patrick Cantlay has been saying I know I can't hit certain shots to certain places. This is where I don't think Bryson is set to win at Augusta because he's gone, nah, sod that. I'm doing what I want and I'm just going to hit game ball every time. Um, and he's going to play his own game. Um, right, chaps, coming on to prediction, I kind of set you something that we, we, we have done for all previous majors. I've, I've, because there's such a stacked field and it is a major, I've given you two opportunities to pick the winner. And then I set you one from outside of the world's top 50 at the moment to make the top 10. Yeah. If you're not driving and you do have a moment, feel free to press pause. Just go and check out some of the players that are outside the top 50 in the world at the moment. It is, there's some, some big names up there, some guys who, who may be pushing towards the top of the leaderboard. So if you're looking for an outside uh, 
an outside bet. There's there's a there's a few guys there that that, that may go well. Um, just just for everyone at home, just recapping uh, the predictions of who we thought we would win prior to start of the year. I went with Xander Schofley, uh, Tim went with Justin Thomas, and Chris went with Colin Morikawa. So with Morikawa in mind, Mister Wright, I'm coming to you first. Who do you? Well, I've given you two. Like I said, who are your two winners? Yeah, I've not picked Morikawa. <laughs> I would love to pick. I would now love to pick Morikawa. And I would love to see him do it. Um, he's just not. He's not been in that vein of form this last two months. I don't know, maybe more. I don't know. He's just. I don't think you can ever rule him out completely because he, he's obviously he's won the major. He's won a major. Like we know he can do it. We know mentally he can do it. I just haven't. I can't. I yeah, I can't see him doing it this week. Uh, so my, what, what do you want? My two main picks. Yeah, give me your two main picks. Hundred uh, percent, JT is going to win it. Uh, you know, so much so that I've not put him in my fantasy league team. Obviously, that <laughs> uh, JT, JT, I, I would love to see him win it. I really would, and I think he'll, I think he'll do it. My second, slightly, slightly outsider, is Patrick Cantlay. I, honestly, I said it in the I said it in the DraftKings episode. The way he spoke about the course in his pre-interview, the way he's been playing, I think he can win a major. I think it could be this one. He's definitely got the game to do it at Augusta. I think, um, like you said, if he if he keeps his head on, he, he sticks to the plan. I think he, he, he's going to be tough to beat. He's played it a couple of times now. The experience is there. Like you said, he knows where he's where he's shooting. So I, yeah, I, I think that's, that's not a bad shout. And I, I think you've you've sold him and probably yourself a little bit short there by saying that he's not one of the favourites because I I would put him down as no no I, I know he's but if you look at like the, you know you're looking at the DJs the Justin Thomas like the odds on those guys you're going to get slightly oh, yeah. better. Um, well, there you go. There's a, there's a, a value pick if you're looking for a bet. Patrick Cantlay is. It's probably going to be a better bet than, than the others if you're looking for value anyway. Yeah. Mr. Timothy Williams, who are you going with? Who are your two picks, buddy? No surprise, Justin Thomas. Um, couldn't agree more. I think he is the man to beat this week. Um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think, firstly, there's a lot to be said for having had or, um, you know, adversity thrown your way and overcoming it. He's a player who's had that in abundance so far this season. Um, he's had to overcome some, you know, a lot. Um, you know, some of it is own making, let's be honest. Um, he's done that. He's won since. Um, and the other reason is, I think of all the the big, the big names, I think there's a lot of reasons why I'm not favouring a lot of the other guys. You know, DJ's form has been, I think we can all admit, wobbly for a while. Um, Rory... Widely documented having swing troubles. Um, Brooks is on one leg. Bryson, despite what he thinks, he can't just turn up and bully Augusta. You just don't do it. It doesn't happen. And simply trying to launch your way around the golf course, bomb and gouge, it ain't going to work here. Um, so I just think, oh, and the other one is that Ram's just, uh, obviously his uh, other half's just had a baby. So I think uh, his mind whether he know whether he it's on or not might be elsewhere. So I just think he's the best placed of all the big names. But I also think even notwithstanding those other things, he's just in a great position anyway at the moment. Mm. Um, and then Spieth. 
I think he's a momentum player. Right? Love, Love it. Love it. You, you know, you win, you win the event in your home state the week before you go to Augusta and you kind of, you've already sort of announced that you are back before you've got to the Masters. Um, he's been there. He's done it before. He's also, you know, had to, he's overcome situations of different types of, of, the, of the Masters. You know, last year he was battling on the second day to make the cut. And he made, I think he, I think he saved par on potentially his last hole on the 18th of his second round to make the cut. So he's had different experiences of it. So I just think he's also just in a fantastic position. So yeah, JT and Spieth, um, they were straight into my fancy team as well, unsurprisingly. I have to admit, I absolutely love those two picks. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't go with Jordan Spieth just because I have backed myself for my pre-2021 prediction. I've backed uh, Xander Schofle. Uh, he's got a good record around Augusta. Uh, we will talk about how good his game is. Uh, love love watching him play. So uh, I've, I've stuck Schofle in there, backing myself, although... Yeah, I would love to have gotten Spieth in there. And we're going for the full set. Justin Thomas, again, you know, Tim's just basically said everything I wanted to and or needed to say. I just think it's his tournament this week. I know it's very difficult to say. Difficult golf course and every single one of the best players in the world are against him. Just feel like he's got the game at the moment. Um, right, gentlemen. So I said to you, right, have a look at the world golf rankings. I want you to pick someone outside of the top 50 to come into your top 10. Now, if you are, uh, listen to this at home, press pause here. Let us know who you think is going to come in. <gasps> Mr. Wright, I'm coming to you first. Outside the top 50. Who's coming top 10, buddy? Who's coming top 10? Can I take you through the three that I really wanted to put in? I'm gonna... <laughs> so I was like, as soon as you said this, I was like, I know exactly who I'm putting in. And I was like, no doubt, it's Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris is coming top 10. And I went on to World Golf Rankings as of this week. Top, he's now 46. Yep. Okay, can't choose him. Then I went, oh, Matt Wallace is on some good form at the moment. Let's get him in. Nope, he's at 48. Crap. And I went, oh, see what <laughs> he'll definitely go for a top 10. 49. Bollocks. Okay, right. So I don't have those three players. And by the way, I just had to look. Matt Wallace... And I'm now regretting my my fantasy league picks slightly. <laughs> you know how cheap he is on DraftKings? 6,400 for Matt Wallace. Bargain. That is a bargain pick. That is interesting. Okay. Um, so I was looking looking down the, um, <laughs> the official world golf rankings. And to be honest with you, the name that stood out was at 52 in the world right now, Jason Day. Mm. And I think... I don't think he's playing the most amazing golf in the world. However, I feel like he would, if he, you know, you're saying outside the top 50 for a top 10 finish, he would be my pick. If he can get his putting together, he would be my pick this week. I mean, there are some very, like, I've got it open now. There are some very, very big names and players from the past, major winners that are currently uh, in between the 50 and, and the 50 and 100. This one's going to be, t this is probably going to be tougher than picking the winner, I, I think, anyway. Um, but I quite like Jason Day. I just, I just, I quite like him around Augusta. Timothy. So I was very, very close to picking Bubba Watson. And um, for those at home, Tim is not his biggest fan. Not his biggest fan. It's, it's fair to say. Um, but I thought, oh, you know, it'd be interesting why he, he will, he'll, he'll be in the mix. He will. He will probably. He'll certainly be sort of top 20, I would say. <laughs> um, 
there. I love that you went, he will be in the mix. He will yeah, be he in will. the mix. He will. Um, <laughs> the, the WGC match play notwithstanding, his form is pretty toilet at the moment. So um, I've, I've opted to not go with him and it will absolutely bite me in the backside. I'm pretty sure of it. I've instead gone for Sebastian Munoz. I thought about this. I, th- I think that's a good pick. Really good pick. So, but for a um, a final day wobble last time at the Masters, he would have been top 10. I think he finished 19th, tied 19th last time out. Uh, he's had a good run since then. 9th at Texas Open, 22nd at Concession. I think he was 9th at the CJ he's, Cup. He's been playing some really good golf. No, he's been playing some good golf. I think he's had that experience as well of sort of being there. He knows he can put good rounds together there. Yeah. Um I believe it's quite it's relatively famous that um John Rahm had a had a word with him after his final day wobble last time out sort of put the kind of comforting arm around him so yeah um that's my that's my outsider pick for a top 10 place I, I think that's a really strong pick I, I he was on my list I like it and I liked where you started off with that because I went bubble Watson um <laughs> and, uh, I saw it and I was just Whenever I think Bubba Watson and Augusta, I always think back to that big hook yeah. out the trees. It's one of my favourite yeah. golf shots of all time. And I just think for that alone, I was like, I would love to see him do it. Because I think when watching Bubba Watson play, he's he's different to any other golfer on the planet. He plays the game differently. And not from a, let's just whack it as far as we can. He can do that. But the shape he puts on the ball, I love, I, I really enjoy watching Bubba. And I just, it's a bit gutting. He is so far down the world rankings because he's not, a major hitter now so he, he doesn't get as much tv coverage but yeah so for me bubba watson rounds out a pick just for uh for those that are interested if you couldn't be bothered to look outside uh look at the the, the 50 to 100 i'm just going to name a few players here so you've got brian Harmon, who you know not necessarily a household name but he's been playing excellently recently jason day gary woodland brendan todd uh bubba watson you've got ian poulter up there You've got Tiger Woods. Charlie Hoffman had another great week. Danny Willett, former Masters champion. All right, you've got some great, great players outside yeah. the top 50. And you can pick, obviously not Tiger, but you can yeah. make a case for, for, for any of those. Um, so, yeah. Don't put any money on Tiger for this week. Yeah, don't bet on Tiger Woods. Tiger will not be there. Uh, quite <laughs> Quite a few players have, have been saying that they already kind of miss him there, which is which is pretty cool. And uh, also, what's the, the cut? Is it's not sixty-five this week, is it? It's I want to say it's like fifty. Yeah, I'm not making any statement on that. I'm going to let you go away and research. Yeah, you can have that one. Thanks for chucking us right under that bus. You can come back to that in uh, in just a minute. Um, but with, for everyone with the picks, obviously check in next week and we'll see how crap our predictions were or how good they are. Um, I'm most interested in, in in the outside, the top 51, I have to admit. Um, and also good luck for the DraftKings for everyone this week. All right, to bring us home. I can confirm it's the the 50, 50 top 50. Lovely. That mm. actually could wreak some havoc. Well, it's, it's a smaller field, isn't it? It's only 80 something players isn't there yeah good good stats nice (laughs) right to bring us home this week timbo i am handing the reins over to you my friend yeah so this is absolutely just a bit of silliness to round the pot off this is not serious at all to be honest 
not got a huge amount to do with golf, if I'm br- being brutally honest. I just thought we've covered quite a lot of serious stuff. Um, so I thought I'd just round round off this week with just um, just a bit of ridiculous, um, a ridiculous game. Um, basically, I got the thinking this week with um, the increasing number of golfers, you know, turning to other things outside of golf to promote or do or turn the hand to. So I suddenly got thinking, hmm, I wonder if some of these players hadn't turned out to be professional golfers. What might have they done for an alternate job? So what my little silly game is, I'm going to name four players. We'll go one at a time. And I'm just going to ask you, if they weren't a golfer, what do you think job they would do? (laughs) This is not based on on like where they went to college or anything like that. It's just like what what sort of job sort of suits their personality. So it's just a bit of fun. There's nothing personal in here at all. It's just for a bit of a laugh. Okay. So. First player to put out there. If he wasn't a golfer, what would Tony Finau do? Who wants to go first? Oh, I mean, I want to say probably the obvious one in which he would probably be a Mormon, right? Because I know he is big on. Am I right in saying he's big on the Mormon church? Oh, I, it's, it's not really a job. A job. Yeah, well, why is it not? I don't know. No, Mormon's like, oh. it's a version of Christianity. Yeah, um, yeah but I thought... Is, is I mean, he Mormon? My, my well, I mean, my understanding of, of the Mormon religion is very, very bad. So, I don't know. I've I just know heard... It's almost entirely on the Book of Mormon, the musical, which, by the way, is it's outstanding. Outstanding, yeah. I yeah. was going to say that, but then I, I, I figured I might sound very are, stupid. But you I, are I, correct. You are correct. He is a member of the Church of Jesus, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You are correct. Is he really? He is. I mean, it's still not a job. Still not but, definitely uh, not a job. Definitely not a job. But that, okay. that is interesting. A, a preacher of the okay. Mormon church? Okay. I'm in this, this is going to say, this would say, knowing that he's Mormon, I would now put him as a uh, salesman. <laughs> Door to door salesman. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And by, um, by the way, for the record, there's loads of very very successful tech companies that are run by mormons and my theory of this this is going way off my theory of this is that if you've seen even if you've seen the the musical they get a very young age put into what is essentially a sales role of selling mormonism or becoming a mormon doing door-to-door sales getting doors slammed in your face if you can do that for however however long they do it for over and over again selling software or selling anything a piece of piss. So I would now knowing that I'd put him as a door store salesperson. Right. I mean, I mean, I can comfortably say that this get, my silly little game has gone down. <laughs> I never thought it was going to go down. So let's, um, let's carry on. Um, the next person, if he wasn't a golfer, what job would John Rahm do? Oh, crikey! What would John Rahm do? Fast responses. This is not Something. a long game. Something. Yeah. Oh, he would be a bullfighter, hundred <laughs> percent. I can imagine him in, in Matador Coven. He would be on the basis to be Spanish in the ring. No, oh, he's just a fiery bloke. He's fiery. He's got it. He's to got be fair, in wild, in wild stereotypes, I was going to go a similar way. I was going to picture him as one of those guys. Um, I don't know what the outfit is called. The Spanish guys playing a guitar um, in restaurants. Just you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. Okay. Just passionate. Okay. Like shouty, singy, dancey, like yeah. 
So he, John Rahm would be serenading you in the middle of your dessert. And I'd be well up for that. That'd be great. Interesting. Okay. Uh, moving swiftly on. Uh, I'm excited for the next two. So firstly, what would Ian Poulter do? If He's he a postman. The golfer? He's a postman. Okay, nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, he would. I, I, know, I know how much he loves this and he is passionate about this. He would be a fine supercar salesman. He would be selling Ferrari, mm. Lamborghinis, your, your Porsches. Because, my God, if you go on his Instagram at any point, you will just be dribbling at his car garage and he will talk until the cows, cows come home about it. And I know he's big on his um, Formula One, which I don't really care for, but mm. um, so maybe he would be doing something in Formula oh. That sounds very sensible. That's very sensible. Very That's very good. good answer. Yeah. Okay. And to bring us home on my silly little game that just doesn't mean anything and has run away with us a little bit, I thought I think you might be able to predict who my last person was going to be. If he wasn't a golfer, what would Bryson do? Oh, crikey. Oh, oh he would be a science teacher and he'd be that one teacher who'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake, I don't want to go to this lesson. <laughs> Every time. No, you see, I think, I think if he was a science teacher, I think he'd be the one teacher you would want to go to because you'd be like, what the fuck is Bryson going to do? Mr. Mr. DeChambeau going to do today? We're going to be blowing stuff up today. What? <laughs> Coming home from school. Jimmy, what happens to your, what happens to your school bag? <laughs> Dr. DeChambeau doing tests. <laughs> Mr. DeChambeau blew it up. <laughs> oh. Well, there you go. That was just a little silly, silly, silly little game just to round off this week's podcast. thought I'd just give us a, a very light-hearted end. Uh, as I say, it's just a bit of fun, all just a bit of joke, not to be taken seriously in any way, shape or form. <laughs> I thought I've enjoyed it, but also shat my pants because there was a lot of pressure going into uh, that. <laughs> on the small. That, was, that, was quite, that was quite hard. Um, now a job. <laughs> hey, mate, Book of Mormon, if you've not seen it, that go is... and see it, get a ticket. Great, West End. Actually, I'm quite blown away by your player knowledge there. I did, I did not know yeah. that. Mm. I can't remember where I've heard it. It's, I think it was through a YouTube video or a podcast that he's been on. Um, but yeah. Anyway, rounding us off, Chaps Masters Week. I cannot wait for this week. I have to admit, you know, moving house, still got a whole bunch of stuff I need to do. And I've got one day to get it done. So that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I can park my house in front of the TV. Um, big day, Friday. Very, Very big day. Day. Very good uh, day. So guys, go and check it out over on A Slice of Golf on Instagram. Um, we will be updating well hopefully if it if it's been an enjoyable round we will be updating a lot of videos if you don't see a lot from us it's probably because one of us has killed the other one and <laughs> very well um check back in next week for an update on how good or bad it went chaps anything more to add no, me. thank you ever so much for tuning in we will catch you guys soon see ya cheers This episode is brought to you by Sunday Red Golf. If you love your golf and you don't take yourself too seriously, then come and join our club at sundayredgolf.co.uk. And today's show was also brought to you by Tour Champ. Golf is back, at least in the UK anyway. So why not create your own race to Dubai golf tournament between you and your golf pals? Visit tourchamp.co to sign up for free.